Powerful video. My name is Pastor Stefan. So great to have you here at the Awakening Church this Easter Sunday. Let's give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Yeah. Some of us have driven from far parts of the island to the farthest parts of Kihei. Some of you have jumped on airplanes and, and flown across the great United States or from other countries such as Canada. We just want to welcome you. Also, we want to welcome those of you who are tuning in live on Facebook Live and who are checking us out on our app and listening there as well. We want to welcome you. Uh, by the way, this is a great opportunity for you to go to the Awakening Church's uh, Facebook page and go ahead and share that with your friends and family. It's a great way for the gospel to be preached on Facebook, and um, yeah, so you can do that now if you'd like, but we want to just, just welcome you to a day where we get to celebrate the life of Jesus, where he not only died, but he conquers death, and it's an amazing story, but before we get into that, I want to share just a little bit about myself with you guys. Uh, there's a lot of cool things going on in my life right now. One of the things is... My wife and I always wanted a baby son because I've had two daughters, and they've been phenomenal. They're, they're amazing, and, and my world is my daughters. And at the house, my sister-in-law lives with us, so I'm outnumbered four to one. Four to one. I mean, there is like zero testosterone in the house except for mine. And so I'm outnumbered, I'm outgunned, and I was always just dreaming and hoping for one day that I could have a son if, if at the very least I could adopt one. And my wife and I were not planning at all to have a child. And I had this, this kind of moment where I was at the hotel working on my message, preparing. And there was this, this young man, and he had his son. And his son was cooing, and, and he was just having fun with his son. And I was like, oh, man, I, I want a son. I'm having baby fever big time. But for a son, I walk up to him, and I was like, man, God bless you. You're so blessed because you have a son. And yeah, that's my dream one day, so pray for me. Little did I know my wife was already pregnant. And um, in fact, when she told me, I don't know if you ever had one of these moments where you were not expecting that kind of result. And she told me, and I'm not, I kid you not, I put my head in my pillow and laid head, face down on my bed. What have we done? What have we done? <laughs> right? But then after uh, a while, we realized I'm having a baby boy. And I was, it's such an answer to prayer, and there's just a lot of really cool things going on in my life. So I've got my son on the way to this church. Is this also one of my babies? And I love this family, and it's growing, and the momentum's building, and that's exciting. It's, it's good what God is doing. Hey, let's give God a round of applause for what he's doing at the awakening. Really cool. And um, also, just I, I have married up with one of the most amazing women, uh, Amber. She's leading worship, so... Gosh, it's my smoking hot wife, I've, I've, so I've totally married up. Yeah, let's, let's give the band a round of applause. They did a phenomenal job. So there's just these really good things happening, and I love sharing that with you. But if that's all I just put out there and be like, oh, look how great my life is. Look how in, in, in order everything is. Look how well we're doing. Then that would not be authentic. That wouldn't be real. Because there's seasons in our lives where we go through what Bob talked about, the drought-stricken life or the darkness-stricken life, where we go through seasons where it is not all okay. okay? I, I don't know if you go through some drama at some season, and some of you have been through this. How many have been through some drama seasons, okay? Right? If you're sitting next to the person next to you didn't raise their hand, raise their hand for them, okay? 
So we all be real here. But not just the drama seasons, but I'm talking about the really, really dark seasons in life where it, it can be just hopeless and you lose courage and you lose direction and vision and, and you just kind of meander in a dark night of the soul. There was a season about a number of years ago where I hit the end of myself. God brought me to a place of humbling that I would not wish on my worst enemy. And that season, I've never experienced depression in my life. Save for this season, I really could say, wow, I really battled some deep depression. There were some nights of anxiety where I couldn't sleep the entire night. I just couldn't sleep. Because the thoughts that were going in my head would just go over and over and over and over, and I'd play out different scenarios over and over and over again. And, and my heart would be racing, and, and my, my blood pressure would be high, and I would just be begging for just maybe an hour of rest. But I couldn't rest because I was in despair. The anxiety was getting in, into the, my mind, and I had to learn to literally battle for my sanity, battle for peace in a way that I never had to do before. I literally had to start off by just taking authority like Jesus did. Remember when Jesus was out in a, a big storm and he was sleeping and the disciples were all falling over themselves and they felt like they were going to die. And then Jesus wakes up, hey, I got this, hey, peace be still, right? And all the water got still. And they're just like looking at each other like, whoa, who is this guy? I learned that you can do that when you have the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, you can speak to your body. And so I started speaking about it. I said, mind, be still in Jesus' name. I said, heart, slow down in Jesus' name. Muscles, relax in Jesus' name. And so when I started taking thoughts captive and started speaking to my body, I started, I started remembering what God has done for me and how he's redeemed my life and saved me over and over again. And I started remembering those times and how he's taken me from the storms of life and brought me to safety. And so I remembered those times and I started thanking God. Thank you, God, for redeeming. Thank you for saving me. And in that thankfulness and remembrance, I was able to start to get to a place of worship. And I would just start singing songs in my mind because my wife is trying to sleep. I'm just worshiping him with all my might in the middle of the night, three in the morning. And then I was able to get to a, this, this, this quiet, secret place where the Bible promises that we have a peace that surpasses human understanding. And I was able to get there and just be there in, in that dark, quiet place with the presence of the Holy Spirit where Jesus held me and calmed me. And I went from a minute of sanity then I learned how to get five minutes of peace and then an hour. And as the weeks went on, I would get a whole day. I would get a whole week and then I would get a whole month where I would learn to take the thoughts captive. I would learn to take control of this depression, anxiety that wanted to wreck me. This is the kind of brokenness that we all can face at one point or another. And there are some of you who may even now be in the dark night of the soul. Maybe you're up till three in the morning with anxious thoughts and you, you, you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to make rent this month? How am I going to 
feed my kids or feed myself even. Or maybe you have lost someone. Whether it's a broken relationship where somebody's passed away and you're fighting that depression or even fighting the anger of why, God, why, why, why have you taken this person from me? Or maybe you gave up on a dream. Maybe you gave up on yourself. Or maybe somebody gave up on you and it hurt, it stings. And you have to fight it, you have to fighting for just the why am I here? What is the reason for being? Or maybe your health imploded. And when everybody else has seems to have a normal functioning body in life, we can't seem to have just just a little bit of of a normalcy when it comes to our body. And so we have these seasons where we go through things and, and we, we wonder, we ask ourselves, what's the point of all this? Why, why the struggle? Why does there seem to be a dark hole in me that nobody can fill? And with that, I'm going to talk about in just a moment the reality of the moment where Christ is facing death to the moment where he conquers death and raises from the dead. This is that space, that three days, the dark night of soul that I want to talk about this morning. But with that, I'm going to need your help. If you could pray for me, and I'll, we're going to pray over this message. We all bow our heads and close our eyes. Excuse me. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are in control of every aspect of life, the good times, the bad times. Lord, we thank you for this day where we get to celebrate the, the most pivotal moment of your existence, which is your, your, your power over death. Without this key, we're lost. Well, our faith means nothing. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would rest on us, that you be here right now and speak to hearts, change minds, change lives. We acknowledge we, without you we can do nothing. And we pray we'd speak to me in a big way. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. I'm going to get a good cough out. Just give me a second. <coughs> uh, How many of you ever uh, in this season had that cold that went around and it just got stuck in the chest and just itched all the time, even though the cold was like oh, two, three weeks old? over, and you still got the itch, that's me, okay? All right. So forgive me the occasional itchy uh, chest. I'm going to push through it. So we're going to take a look at Psalms 126, verses 4 through 6. And this is the key verse that we're going to be looking at today. I love this because it's a verse that I think about often. And, and, and I think about in the seasons of life where it's difficult. By the way, um, as we're looking at God's word, there's a couple things that we, we just want to bless you with. We have some custom awakening Bibles we want to give to you as our free gift to you. Amber's holding them up in the back. Um, if you have a friend or somebody who doesn't know Jesus, just grab one of those. We want to be generous with you. Also, we have a, a free awakening app. You can read God's word on that as well and follow along. And you can listen to uh, messages all across uh, the world and keep up to date what's going on at the awakening. So those are there for you. But we're going to look at Psalms chapter 126, verse 4 through 6. And this is what it says. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs 
at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come back laughing with armloads of blessing. How many of you have had a season where you went out literally weeping, but then you reached the end of the tunnel and you came out with laughter, with joy, with experience, with wisdom, and it was a blessing. How many of you have been through those before? Now, some of those are the best life-shaping times in our life. Those are the moments that God could really use to shape us, to grow us spiritually. Now, here's the big idea. The big idea is this. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last for just a season, but there is a rhyme, there's a reason to it, and God is going to use that pain. He's not going to waste it. He's going to bless you with a gift that only comes through pain and suffering. <coughs> uh, Lord Jesus, help me get through. All right. Now, when we're talking about the dark, dark, dark stricken life, here's the thing about it. How many of you guys have watched the, uh, the show... Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Any Game of Thrones fan in here? All right. The winter is coming. Is that the right show? The winter's coming. Okay, great. I've watched so many shows. I'm like, I'm like, wait, did I just do the wrong one? The winter's coming, okay? So they're all worried about the winter coming. But have you ever had a season in your life where the darkness is coming and you see it coming from a far way off like a big freight train headed for your life? Sometimes you can see the darkness approaching. That's the first point. And, and we look at, as we look at the story of Christ, he himself, too, saw the darkness approaching. We go to a scene where he just had the Passover dinner with his disciples. And he's been telling them, hey, this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to go and be led away and crucified. And die on the cross. And there, even Peter's like saying, no, Jesus, don't go. Don't do this. And, and so he's led these disciples over to a, the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying. And he's a moment of vulnerability with God, his father, God the Father. And he's praying that he doesn't have to go through the stars. Let's pick up that story here in Matthew chapter 26, verse 37 through 38. It says this, taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he plunged into agonizing sorrow. This is Jesus. Then he said, this sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. So the darkness that he saw coming in his life was life crushing. Was life crushing. And he saw it coming. And the story continues in Luke chapter 22, verse 42 through 44. As it said this, he's saying this to the father. Father, if you're willing, please Take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet all I want, uh, sorry, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently and was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell onto the ground like great drops of blood. Now Jesus is seeing what's coming and he's asking God the Father please don't make me go through this don't make me go through this I don't want this I don't know if you've ever had that happen to where you've seen a, a broken relationship coming you're like God not again 
not another, not, my heart's just too ripped up for this to fall apart. No, Jesus. Oh, the, the cancer's back. No, God, please, not again. I can't endure another round of chemo. Lord Jesus, help me, see, heal me. Not again. And, 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 and so Jesus is seeing this dark night coming. But the beauty is, is that there's an angel sent to strengthen him. And I'm here to promise you that no matter what you're going through, no matter how hopeless it is, that God is never closer to you than in that moment, in that suffering, you are never more closer to the kingdom heaven than in that moment. We talked about in a series uh, a, a month or two ago, we talked about being blessed. And I was telling you about some really cool t- ways that my life is being blessed right now. But there's a whole other side of blessing that we don't like to talk about. And it's this, the side of blessing is that blessed are those who are wronged. Blessed are those who lose, who suffer, who are persecuted. And there's this whole other part of blessing that we don't realize where God is never closer than in those moments of darkness. And so Jesus, he's, he's strengthened by this angel, but he's seeing, he's seeing this coming, but he's not alone. It's like that kind of cliche poster you see. I don't ever know if you've seen it on the Facebook memes right, where you see the one foot, one set of foot tracks through the sand, and there's like, Lord, where, where are you in my suffering? And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm carrying you, right? That's the reality of it. God's with you in those moments. So the dark stricken life, we can see the darkness approaching. Secondly, the darkness is suffocating. It's suffocating. I've had this dream. It's this crazy dream where I'm on the shore break in uh, Big Beach. How many of you have been to the shore break and Big Beach when it's nice and big? Okay, the waves are pounding. It's like big barrels coming down, smashing onto the sand. I had this dream where I'm in these big barreling waves. And then all of a sudden, I get caught. And this big wave comes. And it, and it encloses over me. And all of a sudden, there's darkness. There's just me inside the big hole of this wave. And the inside of this wave, that air pressure is so thick that I'm pressed up against the sand on the floor. And it feels like the air, the very oxygen is removed and it's suffocating. And I had this dream and I was like, what is that dream? That dream is an analogy of this season of darkness where it's literally suffocating. And in the same way, when Jesus was put up on that cross, he willingly went there. Multiple occasions, he had the power to call down armies of angels to stop it from happening. But he allows himself to be crucified, to be put up on a cross, to have nails driven through his carpal bones and through his feet and put on a cross. The death doesn't come from loss of blood or pain. The death comes from hours and hours of being up on a cross where you literally have to push up off of the spike driven through your feet just to gain a gasp of air. And then when you've taken a breath, you can relax. But pushing up and down on that spike and your muscles growing tired from over and over again trying to breathe, it's suffocating. It's designed that way by the Romans to be one of the most torturous ways of of killing someone, literally suffocating them to death. And so Jesus is sitting there suffocating, 
on this cross. And that's where we pick up the text in Luke's chapter 23, verse 44 through 48. Check this out. Then the whole earth became dark. The darkness lasting three hours, a total blackout. The temple curtain split right down the middle. Jesus called loudly, Father, I place my life into your hands. Then he breathed his last. When the captain there saw what had happened, he honored God. This man was innocent, a good man and innocent. All who had come around as spectators to watch the show, when they saw what actually happened, were overcome with grief and headed home. So there's this suffocating darkness. Jesus said to his father, 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 why have you abandoned me? He felt alone. And when he breathed his last, earthquakes, rocks shattering, literally the altar in the temple broken in two, the, the veil that separated the holy holies from where the regular people could come was ripped in two. It's very symbolic of what Christ does for us. He, he makes it accessible for us. There's no longer a temple where we have to go to reach him. Now he is for us and with us. And so literally there's text that says that there were believers that in that moment were raised from the dead in their own tombs. Some crazy stuff is going on. It is the dark night of the soul. But the darkness is, is suffocating. I don't know if you've been in that place where it's just, you get to a hopeless place and, and everybody's grief-stricken. You're grief-stricken. But I'm here to tell you that weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Remember that. Now, the dark-stricken life, we can see the darkness approaching sometimes. The darkness is suffocating. And finally, this is important. It's always darkest before the dawn. It's always darkest before the dawn. Just when you think you can't go on, just when you think in a season that there's no more hope and it's, you're on your last leg, God steps in. Jesus shows up. This is the cool analogy. The first verse we talked about, right? You go in to, 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 to the fields to work and labor and you're weeping and then you come back with joy and shouts of joy and, and a harvest. This is the perfect analogy of that. John chapter 20, verse 11 through 14. This is the amplified version. So Mary's hanging out at the tomb looking for Jesus. It says, but Mary, who had returned, was standing outside the tomb sobbing. And so she wept. She stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, woman, why are you crying? And she told them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have taken him. After saying this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there. She's weeping. She's sobbing. I don't know where they've taken my Lord. And she turns, and there's Jesus. Can you imagine those days when he was, he was dead? I mean, the disciples, they thought that, that Jesus 
was supposed to be the Messiah, one to set their people free, one to set all of Israel free from the occupation of the Romans. And then when he died, they were confused. They were like, why, why did he die? Why did he say he had to die? He was supposed to be our king. And so she's sobbing and she's weeping and she turns around and she sees Jesus there. Then we continue on the story. Matthew chapter 28, verse 8 through 9. So she's sobbing and then this happens. Then the woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with what? Great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And check this out. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. So they're going sobbing to joy. And, and, and sitting at Jesus' feet. He's risen. He's conquered death. So, it's always darkness just before the dawn. And you may have anxiety over making ends meet. But then God steps in and he provides. He enables a way for you to make it through. How many of you ever had a time where you didn't have enough money to make ends meet and then all of a sudden God did something and you were able to pay the bills and you're just like, where did this money come from? Anybody ever had that happen? It's amazing. Or maybe you lost somebody you love, and in that moment, you experienced the presence of Jesus in a way that you never experienced him. And there was a depth of relationship that was built out of that loss. Or maybe when, when you have given up on a dream, or you've given up on yourself, or someone gave up on you, God didn't give up on you. And he inspired you, encouraged you, and say, don't give up, get up and run. You may have fallen down but get back up and run. And then you were able to finish the race by the power of God's spirit carrying you. And you were able to accomplish more than you could ever dream. Or maybe you had your health implode. And then you cried out to God. You went through your dark season, but then he healed you. Or he walked with you through the pain and he enabled you to get through it. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of God that I serve. See, we be me last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Now, here is the main lesson. I want to keep this simple this morning. Here's the main lesson. In this season where we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Christ, I want to challenge you to do one thing, just one. This is how I want you to apply it. When you go through dark seasons, when you go through the suffering, turn to Jesus because he's there with you. This is his promise to us. And Matthew, this is his words. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. He says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Love this. Look at it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How many of you want to learn to live freely and lightly? Amen? And that's what this season's all about. This is what it's all about. When, when Jesus conquered death, he made it through that dark night of the soul. And when you go through that season, if you haven't already, it's inevitable that in life you will experience hardship. Jesus promised us you will have what? You will have trouble. But we can turn to Jesus 
And when we do that, it's freeing. And, and for some of us, we need to, to do that right now. Maybe you're in a season where, as I invite the band up, maybe you're in a season where you're not in that, seat of, that, that dark night of the soul. But you know that life comes with ups and downs. And you know that when you do get there, that you're going to need Christ beside you. Maybe you're on the beginning end of one of those deep lows and you're at the darkest moment. It's the suffocating moment. Or maybe you're on the tail end of it and you just feel like there's nothing left, but you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're starting to see God redeeming the situation. No matter where you're at, we have the opportunity this Easter Sunday to turn to Jesus. He says, come to me all who are weary. My yoke is light. My burden is, is, is very, very light. So we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the good things that you have um, done in our lives and in this church and in our stories and in the friendships we have and in the, in the, in the deep relationships we've, we've formed over the years. Lord, we, we thank you that you're a good God who's with us in the good times and the bad. Heavenly Father, for the seasons, for those dark nights, maybe the ones that are to come or we're presently in or coming out of, Lord Jesus, we pray that in that we can turn to you. If you're in here this morning, if, man, if you, especially if you feel like, man, I, I'm in a season and it's tough. Or I'm just at the end of it and I feel like I can't go on any further. Or if you kind of dread a season in the future where you, where you have to go through some stuff and you don't want to do it alone, would you be courageous this morning and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to turn to Jesus in this moment. I'm going to turn to Jesus this moment. If, if I haven't gone through something, Lord, help me not to fear what may come. If I'm in it, Lord, help me to rest in you. If I'm on the way out, help me to be celebrating and remembering what you've taken me out of. If that's you this morning, if you need some prayer some, um, uh, concerning this issue, right where you stand, or what, sorry, right where you sit with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, would you be courageous without anybody looking around? Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? God bless you. I see a ton of hands. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you in the back. God bless you. Great, great. Right in the back. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Good, good. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are you're a good, good father. You hold the world in your hands and you hold our hearts in your hands. And we may think that you're not concerned with the little details, but you care about every little thing, every bit of pain that we go through, every little struggle you care and you hold us in your hands. Lord Jesus, I pray that in those moments of darkness, in those moments of struggle, that we could turn to you, Lord Jesus, that we could trust you. Continue to pray this morning. If, if you're far from Jesus, maybe a long time ago you, you surrendered your life to him and you've gotten off track and you want to make it right, or maybe, or maybe this morning you never have given your heart to Jesus and, and, and you've tried everything to be happy. Just like that video, you've, you've tried to live life your way and it just isn't working. I'm here to tell you that you need Jesus. Because he was here 
to, to rock your world, to give you the desires of your hearts, to transform you, to give you a future and a hope. And if you want that life-changing power, I'm going to show you how to pray, whether you're rededicating your life or you're giving your heart to him for the first time. You say these words, and if everybody can say them out loud so nobody feels left out, you say these words, you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross, but you rose from the dead, and you conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come in my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name, please make it.